0: Tahi te kore, roa te, wānanga, ta ia te pae, pae wa, nunga te pai, pai wa o kia uru mai rākau tāuki te wai kore e tū, nei, nei te pō, nā umai tea. No mai e te ao. Uh, ki o ngā korero te pai pai wahō e kia nei ko Taite talks. Kia ora everybody, Jay Wilson here from Chase Channel te pai pai wahō, and just a big mihi out to everybody uh, this evening uh, on the second Taiti talks, uh, and really pleased to have uh, our first, uh, our second manuhiri, uh here, and uh, I'm just going to join him in, and we've got uh, Takawa Rob. Uh, joining in uh, to uh, have a corner with us tonight, Teitea talks and uh, uh, Te Kawatiri. Ka they come in here to kauete, te nauete, no mai, uru mai ki te neonga whare or Teitea talks. Te pai pai waho te nauete, no mai, haru mai. Over to you to introduce who you are.
1: Tēnā koe, Jay. Uh, te nauete, chay tuatahi te neti tinomihiki a koe mito huakina ite nei fare te fakafiti kafiti korelo ki te rukuhari eraonga korelo nga matauranga a um, pana kite kopapa papa o, o o tai ao o tai te talks um tuaru a kame hinoi ki a ko to um, te hunga mata kite kite hunga fa mi po tena ka katoa. ka uh, kia ora my name is uh, tekawa, o tekawa tangata a uh, tene or nei o ngatiawa ngatia ranginui ngatia rangi a uh, mai a uh, ki ko ki po te atara uh, noho tonu ahau ki konei. Um Tato. No uh to, to, uh Ma uh, ataku uh meto, to Um Pepi. all right. Great to be here, great to join in and, and um, be part of this, Jay. Yeah, te Tikawa.
0: And um for people that are, are still uh catching up, Te Talks is a change in um uh te pai, pai waho Korero. On a Tuesday, we have um we have co sessions and on Thursdays we have Tai Talks. So on a Tuesday, it's a normal, uh, co as I've been doing in season one, the first round of, uh, COVID and then carrying on, had a break in August. We're back to season two of co sessions. And then on a Thursday, um, it's bringing one of, one of the people that watch, um, to Pai Pai Waho. Uh, we had Poly Karikola last week. And uh, we had uh, te kawa, we have te kawa tonight. And the key that I'm doing is I'm bringing in one person one week who I know, and then the next week somebody who I don't know. And so this is my first time that I've met te kawa, te kawa tangata Rob. Um, uh, though uh, I, I did share that I remember him uh, at a Kopapa a few years ago. Hoi not. Um, we're going to get straight into it everybody and tonight it's really about handing it over to Takawa to um, start off the kōrero and, and ask some questions and we'll see where we go to from there. No reira kei aku e hoa.
1: Kia ora. Um one of the things I've been really loving about uh the host sessions about the kōrero that's 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 uh growing and developing and being um, shared uh, by incredible uh, matanga tohungā um, is around time and particularly with the uh active revitalization of of uh, practices like matariki. Um, listening to uh you and Rangi talk uh gosh, it was a few months ago now. You're talking about time and talking about the the Maramataka and, and periods of of and the phases of, of the Marama. And that's been something really exciting that we that um well I guess as a result of COVID, we we slowed down and we really got to to connect more with and really mm. sort of tune in. And um, one of the things that if, has sprung to mind, which I was curious to explore with you this evening, was was around particular aspects of time. So, um, we're decolonizing time and connecting to um, the the nights of the the, the lunar phase, um, and as Recently just started finally getting around to building our māra out the back of our little Um I was you know looking at the maramata and going cool. What what's the right time to to plant? Um, And I started thinking well, is there a time within the time that's right to plant or 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 actions that are associated with particular Parts of the day and parts of the night Um, This I guess the scientific brain was thinking okay well the tides are moving around so the water table is shifting up and down in the whenua is there right time within the cycle of the moon that is better to plant within a 24 hour period say
0: yeah really good really good question and um i suppose the first thing is um i'm not a moon person i i know my phases of the moon um, but i wouldn't class myself as an expert, but I, what, I, what I do know is I know how to read the seasons. And um, it's really important that people um, are logging the moon phases, what you observe, as well as your mood, where you live, because what that does is that gives you localised knowledge over a period of time. And the more that you do that, the more your your body—not just your mind, but your body—starts to sink. Yeah. And as your body starts to sink, yes, the moon might be right, and the water might, water table might be right, but your puku might not be right. And it's about how you align your body back to the mara,ma the sun, uh, the the moon, the sun, the wind and the other the the elements generally and then our tuakana the plants and the animals that will help us to then get to a space where we are able to record things because you know when you want to plant something you definitely plant when the water table is a bit higher so that it's not struggling for for kai or for a drink straight away okay then that just makes sense um you can plant in Fedor, but it's gonna be really hard and you're gonna to have to do extra work. Mm. And you know, it still might come out. But what our Tupuna worked out and, and their understanding of, of the science of the land is that they were able to make it easier. And um it wasn't just about survival, it's that they'd got past survival. Because when they arrived here, they already were living in the southern hemisphere, so they already knew the moon face. You know, those that had come from the northern hemisphere, like Hawaii, they've got to shift a bit. And it will mm. take a little bit longer to get used to things. But when our Tupuna came here, um the key thing they noticed was the um the strength of the westerly wind and that westerly wind which is Uru and Ururangi and this Atua called Tahiri Mātia who doesn't appear really anywhere else in the Pacific. It's a sign, ah, that's an adaptation to the environment. The other thing around time is um, there will be subtle variations between valleys in an area and i think of my home at the foot of mount ruapehu we have a three month season for meadow berries from one place may june july and you know that distance um by car is probably 35 kilometers and probably wow. shorter shorter by um by um as the bird flies but in that short distance, there's three months where you can travel to gather food. And so uh, it's it's all about logging where you live. And, and especially if, if you've um, got your roots in Porneke, definitely for a little while yet, then start to make localised um, notes as well. Like I've been in, in Hamilton now for... Um, three and a half years, nearly four years and uh, it wasn't until last last autumn because there, there are certain signs that I know from home and and last autumn was where I was able to see what the variation is here and and, and it was a short period where the wind blew in autumn because I've set my clock based on what my dad's taught me. To start counting in autumn because in autumn we get oh. these massive winds at the foot of Mount Ruapehu that are, that are just as bad and sometimes worse than Wellington and we've got names for them and when those winds arrive then soon after the thunder and the rain will come and then the tuna heke and when the tuna then migrate, that's how I count the the, that's how I start counting my year. And so I've been looking for those signs when I was living in Christchurch, when I was in Wellington, and now in Hamilton, and I was able to work it out last. So it took me three three years to work it out here in the middle of suburbia in Hamilton. Wow. But people talk about suburbia. You can still connect to the environment. you just got to open your eyes and your ears a bit more. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking too much. So... <laughs>
1: that's incredible and it's funny you talk about the wind because that was something that's well it's present here in Teebook is not it you know so yeah. um living where in the, in this little flat we've we've been in now for for 3 years um we're fortunate to have a, a bit of a view over the um, part of the harbor and um not having had that view before it was uh what you've just been talking about, about noticing particular winds from particular directions at particular times has been really quite fascinating. Um, mm. And, again, as, as a, one of the benefits of, of COVID and, and being locked down here was, was you know, um, so starting to notice some of the connections between when the wind's a particular way, the clouds might be a particular way, in which case, the next few hours might be quite variable. Um, that's been a really it's been a really eye opening experience, and yeah, so thank you for sharing that,
0: Mark um, I
1: guess it was the wind is, is a particular of particular interest to me as well, with um, occasionally doing some sailing and being fortunate to sail on Wakahodua Um and was just curious again to if if there's uh that you've heard of or knowledge that you know around sort of a wind compass I've, I've heard discussion of wind compasses um and i think you've just touched on it earlier about particular names of particular winds
0: yeah no there's definitely a wind compass and um i uh i've seen kōrero i have seen I i i am not an expert in the wind compass but there is definitely a wind kapus because you can hear it in Toparapara. You mm. can hear it in Waiata, when they've got all of these different winds that they're talking to. And, um, you know, whether it's Te ma Te the uh, Te Marangai, uh, mm. and Māuru. You know, those are the four, you know, four points, but then there's the subs within each, each quarter. And those subs each have names. In addition to that, we have hene takuru and hene raumati. And so you have winter and summer, where those are the, the divisions of, of warmth. But then the divisions of wind, as I know it, are spring and autumn. Because mm-hmm. you have the pai pai, pai pai ngahuru in, in autumn. And then you have the homatangi in, in spring. And those, you know, and it's linked to the Equinox, eh? And um, it's, it's the changes that happen because you have Raumati and Takudua and, 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 and in different parts of the country where they only really have a warm and a cold period, they're guided by that. Mm. And then, then the uh, autumn and spring winds will change things slightly for them. In parts of the country where you have distinctive seasons, like where I'm from, it's actually the autumn and spring that note, okay? You now need, if you haven't got your garden sorted and if you haven't got your wood sorted for your fire, for your Kent fire or whatever else, <laughs> um, then you're you're starting to miss the boat. And so, so I think the key thing with the wind is that there's there's some um, key indicators, and you know I'm an inlander. So um, what I what I learned was I was in Hawaii once, and um, I said I was talking to this woman, and she was talking explaining all of this stuff to us. And I said to, her, "What's that change?" And she said, "I thought you were um, I thought you were an inlander." And I said, "I am an inlander. I'm no good in the sea." Give me fresh water any day, and I. But and I, I said to, her, "What's that change?" She goes, "You've just noticed the tides turned, and the tides turned. and it's actually about to turn in about five minutes. But there's, there's something." And I says, "Yeah, it's the wind, eh?" And she goes, "How did you know that?" And I says, "Because I understand wind." I says, so "Even in the inland, if if your body is a, t- and I and I say body." because it's not just about your mind. Mm. It's a bit like my Kōrero. I always tell people, your body needs to be aware, not just your eyes, your ears, but your body needs to be aware, because your body will then help direct you so that you can connect to the bird that's flying, or the wind, or the sun, and it's your body that's, that needs to be aware to guide the kōrero. And so the wind um, wouldn't surprise me if some of those key experts in sailing will be able to help you mm. uh, and uh what i do know is that those that sail um the best of those navigators were also took um sent inland land um, mm. to observe the stars from on high and my tribe happens to be one of those tribes that has one of those those places those sites um where they would come in and view the stars um, from the highest points in the island, and so wherever there's a high point, it's very likely that there'll be a, there'll be an astronomical astronomical point in that on that mm. moment. <clears throat>
1: and used so to no, calibrate no, to see, yeah, yeah. So used to calibrate into... um see the differences potential. so would uh the trainee navigators go to different high points around the country to see what the variances are on latitude and things like that yeah um well what i what
0: i do know is that they um it was usually the 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 tohunga that would go Ah. and then when they've selected the ones that will definitely be able to carry and teach they then take them Mm. so i'm not sure if all went but definitely those that had the the highest knowledge they were then taken to those heights and because there's definitely sites on Mauna Kea, where they'd go up there rather than just you know because you you if you look at the hawaiian islands Kaholawe is in the in, in the middle and so that's where they would train a lot of their navigators so that wherever they were they could get back to the central island mm. and then go go back to their islands from there. Uh, and similar in, in the, you know, the cooks, whether they're going to change it back to a Awaiki or whatever, um, and same in, in Tahiti and, and uh, French Polynesia. So it's, it's about finding those places on high to, to also connect. So you, you're you pretty interested in the environment. Tell me about your story and, and what got you into it. What was the thing that triggered
1: it? Gosh. Yeah. Um... Well, will thank you for the kakia the Um, <laughs> um uh, We've been really fortunate as a whānau for that. Um, the has always been present in our in our life, ac- actively present. And our um, uh, our parents were really big advocates of, and just sometimes I just think they just wanted to get us out of the house, you know. So so actually going for a hikoi was was not just um, to get us out of the house, but also to, to help us learn. And some of my earliest memories are of, um, uh, going with dad into the Kaitoke Valley, uh, this past a Up hut. hut. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and with my sisters and we would just, you know, sometimes just go for a, a hike and, um, stay in a hut for a night and turn around and come back. Um, but while we were walking, um, you know, we were quite young at this point, so I think he wanted to, you know, he was really mindful, wanted to keep us active and keep our minds going to not keep asking that question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And so some of the games um, he used to um, make us play <laughs> uh, were how many different birds can you hear? So we just stop and listen, how many different birds can we hear? And, we, you know, at the time, we just thought it was, oh, yeah, cool, I can hear five, I can hear three, and, but then over the years, we started to go, oh, that's a, that's a two, And that's a little, little, and that's a black bird, and, it's a styling, and and it's honestly, those those memories have stayed with me. But it was the progression of that afterwards, um, going fishing with Dad early in the mornings, and um, had really clear memories of half waking up in the in the backpack and looking over his shoulder and seeing the fridge door open and getting the getting the bait out, and then falling asleep and waking up halfway down this long dusty road, and then waking up again when the sun was rising, and he's he's already done two hours of fishing, you know. So it was. Yeah, yeah, awesome. We we were really fortunate that our parents loved being in Taio. Mum had really close affinity to the to the ocean. Dad was very much freshwater and forests. Um, so fast that's forward, forward that's, and fast forward that's what we do. And as kids, uh, us three kids. So I I have a real passion for the ocean. Um, and, and involved in a few copa that relate to the ocean, in particular conservation of the ocean. Middle sister Mahuru, she's very much involved in freshwater restoration and wetlands, and uh, works for Manaki Fenua. Um, and the younger sister, the Te um, has a real close affinity to the forests and the bush and, and hunting. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we've that's that's always been there with us, and each of us have always taken a different path, but we've always somehow just come back to doing something with Taio um, and doing yeah. something for the environment. So.
0: Yeah, so you're that, really lucky yeah you're really lucky like I know um with uh, my my parents my um my biggest regret was that I um dad dad took me hunting one day and um, I got really um, I was, come on dad can I have a turn with the gun come on come on because he'd been talking to me about it for a while and um he handed it over to me and I was so careless with the garden he took it off me within a minute Hmm. and um and i always regretted that but what he did do after that is he started to teach me how to read bark wow and how to read bark and go see see that tree there that's this that tree there that's this Hmm. so similar to your experience of of identifying how many birds dad taught me how to identify trees and then in identifying trees and plants then was able to identify birds and um, mum was always in the garden um, both our little veggie garden but also um, her flower garden and so the mum mum taught me the garden stuff and dad would when he wasn't at work um, or at rugby then um, then dad would be there too but really the garden was mum and the bush was dad and so so hearing your story it reminds me reminds me of my own story around um, what to do, how to do it, and um, yeah, tenakwe. I'm mindful of time, so
1: um, do you have a final question? Um, so many, but maybe for another time. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do really want to thank you, A, eh, for for sharing this opportunity with with all of us who are. Who are you know, me present, but all of us who are watching and listening, it's it's wonderful to be able to dive a bit deeper and just take a moment out of our day to to listen and to share and contribute. So tenaku
0: nice ten tena oki kui. Um, and I think that um, the thing that I've appreciated about having you tonight, as well as Polly last week, is um, this is really different um, for me, and I'm just enjoying meeting meeting um the likes of yourself reconnecting with polly and um i learned just as much from sharing and and that's why i try and encourage people as i said start sharing as soon as you've learned something mm. because that actually helps you understand it even more and start to then grow a relationship with it so uh, E mihi kawana kia koe. O tiraki koutou katoa e matakitaki mai ana, tēnei kā mihia tika koutou i roto i tēnei pō. Kia okaere ake e kupu oroto roto o Taite Talks. Ki te tā uu nui o ranginui e tūnei, turuturu awiti kia tīna tīna hui e See you next Tuesday for co-host Sessions. Kia ora tātou. Nā te puni kōkiri e pūtea tātoko. Made with support from Tepuni Kokiri. Napuro Jerome Nareo Puro Soundtracks from Puro Jerome